Are you the one who is to come, or should we wait for another? Isn't that an odd question? Why do you suppose John the Baptist would send his disciples to Jesus to ask that question? Just a few chapters earlier in the Gospel, John knew without a single doubt that Jesus was the one. At Jesus' baptism, the heavens opened up and declared that Jesus was the chosen one. So why does John have to ask this now? Maybe Jesus didn't turn out the way he expected. Many in Israel expected a political or military savior who would lead them to freedom from the Romans, someone who would lead an insurrection and bring them victory. Jesus seemed to want to avoid that role even as the crowds pressured him to take it on. Maybe John is feeling the pain of his own imprisonment. Stuck in a pitiful cell, maybe he's starting to lose hope knowing that his own death is approaching. Perhaps in his despair, he's looking for some clue that his life wasn't lived in vain, some affirmation that despite his own fate, he was right all along and the Savior has come. Maybe John knows he's about to die and wants to give his followers the chance to see that they really ought to be following Jesus now. And so perhaps the question isn't intended just for Jesus himself, but is intended for John's disciples. Maybe John is giving Jesus an out. Seeing that he's landed in jail, John is giving Jesus the opportunity to save himself by saying that he isn't the one. They should look for somebody else. I suppose it's even possible that this is a temptation for Jesus just as Peter tempted him to avoid his death. Maybe, probably not. Are you the one who is to come, or should we wait for another? It's a question born of unfulfilled expectations, or pain, or despair, or resignation. The certainty that John had at Christ's baptism is gone, and what remains is this question. So what answer does Jesus make? The question's too important to respond with a simple yes or no. No wasn't the right answer, first of all. But a simple yes might have had unintended consequences for Jesus. The crowds might have swept him up and declared him king. The Romans might have tossed him into prison. And so look at the answer that Jesus gave. Go back and report what you see and hear. The blind recover the sight, the lame walk, lepers are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to new life, and the poor have the good news preached to them. That's your answer. You'll know the Savior is in your midst when people experience healing, when justice is established, and when people find new life. He doesn't say, you'll know the Savior has come because your side is winning the culture wars, not, the Savior has come when you feel good about yourself and your pride isn't wounded. Jesus never said, you'll know the Savior is here when you finally feel safe. Instead, 
It's the blind recover their sight, and the lame walk, and lepers are cured, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised to life, and the poor have the good news preached to them. We need to keep asking this question about whether Jesus is the one, or should we wait for another? Not because I think there's any doubt about Jesus being the Savior, but because the question forces us to re-examine our expectations of who the Savior is. During those times when we are in crisis or uncertain or at a point of decision, we need to ask this question and consider the answers we are given. There are, as you know, lots of people out there selling lots of different versions of the Savior. Some want to sell us the angry, vengeful Jesus who will return to smite the heathens of the world. Some want to sell a cosmic, pantheistic Jesus who hardly seems human. And there have been people like Jim Jones, David Koresh, Sung Young Moon, and a host of others who will try and convince people that they themselves are the Savior. And to all of them, we can ask this question and look at the answers. If the sick aren't healed, if the broken aren't made whole, and the poor aren't given justice, then look for another. This Advent season asks us to prepare for the coming of the Savior, to welcome him into our world and into our lives. Part of that preparation, part of that welcoming, is revisiting our expectations of who it is that we are awaiting. If we're preparing for the one who brings healing and justice and peace into the world, then we best prepare by opening ourselves to that healing, removing obstacles to justice, and making peace where we can. We are just 10 days before Christmas, and so there is still plenty of time to prepare for the coming of the Savior. In the midst of all of the social events, the shopping, the exams, and everything else, take an hour or two out of all of that preparation to prepare yourself for the coming of the Savior. One important way to do that is to reflect on this question of who we expect the Savior to be.